Hey everyone, so we're off the show for the summer, but we still wanted to let you know about a really exciting project that has just started. And so we are lucky enough today to be joined by Aurora Levins Morales. Hello. It's great to have you as always. Always my pleasure. So for people who haven't heard of the Remonim Liturgy Project, could you tell us a bit about it? Yeah, it is a project to create a new body of liturgy that centers Jews of color and indigenous Jews, that is rooted in global diasporic Jewish cultures rather than focused on Israel and Zionism, is in accountable relationship with indigenous communities wherever we're located, and responds to the both the dangers and opportunities of the ecological global ecological crisis. And essentially, it makes me a poet in residence to a whole network of synagogues and Havarim and some other organizations to create new liturgy in a collective process. So our partner organizations help support it financially, but also engage in deep conversations about what are the prayers and rituals and communal celebrations that really meet the political and spiritual needs of Jewish radicals in this time, or Jews on their way to becoming radicals in this time. It's a project that both draws from and respects texts that are thousands of years old and that are deeply ingrained in Jewish culture, but at the same time upgrades and modifies and alters them to make those practices really be a foundation for taking action in the world right now. You know, before before we started recording, we were talking a bit about your uh, your upcoming move back to Puerto Rico, navigating the space between your Puerto Rican community and Jewish community and trying to link them closer together. I think there are a lot of people who those types of experiences really resonate for. And how, how does that relate to uh, projects like Rimonim? Oh, it's absolutely at the center. You know, in the last three or four years, there's been a real upsurge of organizing among Jews of color in the United States and actually internationally as well. And within that, particularly progressive Jews of color have been organizing around Israel-Palestine as our own constituency, which has a different relationship to settler colonialism and to what's going on there than um, white Ashkenazi Jews do, but also really tackling the racism within our communities, the Eurocentrism of a lot of U.S. Jewish community and institutions. And, you know, it's created enough of an impact that there are now a number of people writing regularly about issues having to do with Jews of color. Many organizations are trying to figure out how to be more responsive, how to actually implement racial justice initiatives within their congregations. And there are many, many more Jews of color speaking out about the ways in which we have been marginalized. It's still an extremely common experience for visibly, for visible Jews of color who are easily identified by white people to be assumed to be the janitorial or kitchen staff at a synagogue who are assumed when we come in to not be Jewish. And there's a, a horrible incident um, last year, I think, in which a, a black Jew was walking down a street in New York on his way back from uh, teaching a student and was assaulted by 
um, a group of Orthodox Jews who assumed that he was stealing the Torah scrolls he was carrying, because how could a black person be a Jew? And even when he explained, they didn't believe him and um, continued to attack him. So there's a whole movement going on right now, and people are, are creating and needing ritual and liturgy that reflects that reality that Jews are not all Yiddish-speaking, Eastern European, white Ashkenazim. Many Jews of color in the United States are Ashkenazi. We're the product, like myself, of mixed marriages. And, you know, we give equal weight to all our ancestors. You know, the ways in which Eastern European Jews absorbed Eastern European Gentile cultures isn't thought of as a dilution of Jewishness. The bits of Russian and Ukrainian and Polish cultural practices that are part of the Ashkenazi culture at this point aren't seen as diluting Jewishness and yet black culture, Latinx culture, Asian culture, the indigenous cultures, those are seen as diluting Jewishness. It's a very Eurocentric norm. And so part of what we're doing is creating cultural expressions of the real diversity of who Jews are in the world. And Rooting it in diasporic global Jewish cultures also decenters Israel as the kind of touchstone of Jewish identity. To say we have lots of touchstones, we have lots of centers. So, yeah, it's very much something that comes out of being a Puerto Rican Jew and being in conversation with many Jews of color from lots of different backgrounds who have many different kinds of experiences and cultural backgrounds, but who share an experience of marginalization. Aurora, can you give some examples of what the early germinations of this project have looked like? Yeah, the concrete project really came about because people just started using my poetry and services, and then I started getting requests. And, you know, for somebody who was raised an atheist, communist Jew, to suddenly find myself in a liturgist role is interesting. But my poem, The Ahavta, which I wrote after the Pulse Massacre in Orlando, went viral and is being used in every conceivable kind of Jewish ritual. It's been in wedding ceremonies, it's read at demonstrations, it's part of Shabbat services at a number of synagogues, they read it every week. And so that started the ball rolling. And then in my own synagogue, I was asked to write an invocation as a kind of introduction to our racial justice initiative. So those are two examples of things that came into being before the project really was launched. But my first partner collaboration was with the New Orleans chapter of Jewish Voice for Peace. They asked me to write some new material for their Passover Seder this year. And, you know, the usual process with satyrs is basically to write different new dedications to the cups or to plug in the issue of the year. And it doesn't really go profoundly into the structure of the satyr in most cases. I wanted to take them through a different kind of process. And so I asked them to slow down, step back and think about what they wanted to accomplish with their liberation Seder. How did they want to move people from, from one point to another? And what did they need for themselves as sustenance for the work that they're doing as organizers in New Orleans? And they thought about it and we had a lot of conversation and 
they decided that the the story arc that they wanted was really to address how we respond to danger to threat what are the different strategies for trying to become safe and rather than kind of a, a, a conventional rant around Zionism and Palestine to really address the underlying quest to be safe and the different ways that people choose to do that and really the opposition between hunkering down and arming oneself and trying to create safety by suppressing other people versus trying to create safety through solidarity. And so part of what I did was, was write four monologues representing four ancestors who've made different kinds of choices in seeking safety. The one who runs, the one who hides, the one who builds locally, and the one who fights. And we talked about the strengths and weaknesses of each strategy. And I wrote beautiful poetic monologues for those four roles. And then we portrayed the desert as a place where people are wandering and, and initially trying to just meet their own needs and not worrying about the other campfires in the distance. And then slowly I have the Jews start remembering the people who were building pyramids next to them and begin to understand that the only way they're going to get across the big river is to have enough big enough chain of hands that's more than just themselves. And so it's a story about moving from thinking about one's own narrowly defined group toward thinking about a broader solidarity without being preachy, making it a story, making it poetic, and really not lecturing people. And it was very, very effective. People were crying through a lot of the Seder. We managed to tell a story that really spoke to the emotional underpinnings of the different responses that people have to Israel-Palestine. So it was very, very successful. And it's that kind of a process of asking deeper questions about what are we aiming for here? And what are the real needs that underlie both our own positions and the places where we're trying to create culture shift? I'm currently working with um, SEDEC Chicago on a celebration of Sukkot for this year. Sukkot coincides with Indigenous Peoples Day this year. And so we're trying to build a celebration that really addresses the climate crisis and addresses Indigenous sovereignty as a key aspect of addressing that crisis. So I'm the sole author of new work in this project. I'm the poet in residence of the project, but we're having a really profound collective process of generating the content and figuring out what the needs are. And my understanding is that all of these writings will eventually be published? Yes, there is going to be a book at the end of this. We also hope to have a, a further stage of the project where we set some of it to music and produce a CD. But right now we're just taking the first step of that, which is bringing in partner organizations, starting to have the conversations with each congregation. And we're also going to have some consultation calls with groups of Jews of color who are not necessarily affiliated with any of the institutional partners that we have right now. And to move on to the fundraising side of things, how can folks help support the project? Well, right now we have an Indiegogo campaign going to try to raise salary for me. We also need to raise half the salary for my intern, Mei Ye, who has come to the project 
from rabbinical school and is going to be working with me part time. Um, the Indiegogo campaign is offering a whole bunch of different premiums, including posters and books and Shabbat candles that are BDS compliant. And for higher level donors who want to have a chance to consult with me personally on the project and make suggestions or ask questions, we, we've got some one-on-ones. And we're trying to raise $27,000 so that we can cover a part-time salary for me. Um, we also are seeking individual donors and we're looking for people who can donate grant writing expertise and help us generate money from grants as well. So we'll, we'll be including the link to the Indiegogo, um, but if people want to get in touch and sort of volunteering their skills, what's the best way to touch base? You can email us at rimonimliturgy, one word, at gmail.com. Um, you can also go to the website, ribonimliturgy.org. You can also contact us through the Indiegogo campaign. And my understanding is there's already uh, quite a bit of content online. Like there have been a bunch of videos that have been produced for the project too. Yes. Um, the Indiegogo campaign has a bunch of different videos. Some of them are testimonies, particularly from people that I've worked with and from Jews of color talking about the need for this but also a number of videos that I've made reading draft material from the project, talking about particular aspects of the project. You know, this project kind of snuck up on me and it's become very, very dear to me as I, as I see the kind of excitement that it generates. One of the things that I think about a lot is that Back in the 1870s, my great-grandmother's grandmother was the wife of a rabbi in Ukraine, and she was barred from being a rabbi. She was barred from being a communal leader, even though she was a better scholar than her husband. And she stood up in temple and said, your God is a man, and walked out and took the rabbi with her. And she was trying to create a feminist voice within Judaism all those generations ago. And so I really feel her presence as I'm trying to shift practice in a different way. I think that this is part of a movement that is really moving toward a major culture shift as increasing numbers of Jews disengage from Zionism and are looking for different ways to express Jewish identity and as Jews of color demand to be at the heart of Jewish community in the United States. And so I'm very proud to have the Rimonim Project be part of that. I would love to read the invocation that I wrote for my synagogue, Kahila Community Synagogue in Piedmont, California. This was read on Kol Nidre as part of an introduction to the larger community of the anti-racism initiative. In the heart of this congregation, there is a new song that we can all dance to, and this is its choreography. We who have hovered at the edges with our bundles of silence, our cracked rage, our suitcases full of dispossession, are not rocking the boat for fear of drowning, are letting our white cousins massacre our names, are letting our white cousins ask if we are the help, aching to be known, aching to speak our Jewishness in accents you have never heard before. We who are called indigenous, called black and of color, we Jews beyond the Ashkenazi pale, will step, hobble, roll into the center, unassimilated, fiercely lovely in our unedited truths, 
bringing all our ancestors speaking all their languages into this room saying we are not confusing singing we jews are a garment of a thousand threads a coat of 20 million colors for the heart of the jewish world lives equally in every jew and no one is exotic and every one of us is jewish enough and however we travel through the world is a jewish path we who have held the center, raised the roof beams, wrestled old words into new melodies, carried our treasured scraps of Yiddishkeit next to our hearts, carried our shtetls, our Europe, our ship's passenger lists, our landings in the Golden Medina. We who walked unknowing into the occupation of other people's worlds, walked unknowing into whiteness that coated us bit by bit like layers of shellac deadening our senses. We who are etched with the pain of separation from all our others. We settlers hungry for unsettling. We will step, hobble, roll outward to the rim of the circle and hold space for our kin. We'll fast from speaking first. We'll fast from being the ones who know. We'll feast on listening. We'll let the varnish crack and peel, saying we will not be confused. Singing the heart of the Jewish world lives equally in every Jew and no one is the norm and every one of us is a real Jew and traveling together through the world is our Jewish path and stepping in and stepping out. We will weave a dance of justice right here in this room. One, two, three, one, two, three, dance. So before we let you go, we just want to remind everyone that if you have the means, you can go to indiegogo.com slash projects slash remonim dash liturgy project and you can support remonim liturgy project thank you aurora thank you so much for coming on the show and it's always a joy to get to talk with you likewise <laughs>